On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at all the developments from Monday's games from means to ends. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Michael Beller and the absolutely puntastic Al Melchior here with you on Tuesday, September 21st. Let's get into the news and notes. Carlos Rodon dealing with some soreness in his left arm. His fastball velocity has been down a couple miles per hour, 89.4 miles per hour on his last fastball on his Monday start against the Tigers. Probably done for the regular season. Understandable considering what the White Sox need out of him in October, right away in what will almost certainly be their first round series against the Astros. Wander Franco uh, will play in some rehab games at AAA Durham on Wednesday and Thursday. Could be activated on Friday. Salvador Perez hits his 46th homer, breaks the single season record for home runs by a catcher. What a season for Salvi Perez this year. Shane Bieber felt good after his Sunday rehab start. Next time he is on a mound, could be back with Cleveland. They play the White Sox over the weekend. Jamison Tyone is set to make a rehab start on Wednesday, return to the Yankees next week if all goes well in that rehab start. Chris Bassett could appear in a game later this week, and Luis Severino was activated. Let's get to the closer news, Al. Andrew Kittredge goes to the IL. He leads current Rays with seven saves. We saw David Robertson, JT Charcois get the ninth uh, against the uh, Blue Jays, and then Dietrich Enns come in at the end of the ninth and get a one-out save. What are we doing here with this uh, with this situation as it stands right now? Yeah, well, that was a messy one with Robertson coming in. It wasn't even a save situation, but he made it one. Um, so ends coming in for what what should have been the lefty versus lefty uh, matchup uh, with Corey Dickerson, but then uh, with pinch hitter. And any event, ends gets the one out save. I, I think this is just going to be uh, pretty much a mess. Like it's kind of been all season mm-hmm. anyway for the race. So, um, you know, even with Kittredge on the aisle, I don't see anybody stepping up in this final, not even quite two weeks to, um, you know, deliver you more than probably one save over the remainder of the season. Alex Lang got his first career save against the White Sox. Three different Detroit relievers uh, have saves on consecutive days. Uh, Fulmer, Funkhauser, and then Lang. Are we doing anything with this situation now? No, I mean, this looked like one when we saw Gregory Soto go on the IL a few days back. Looked like, uh, you know, could just be a saves bonanza for, for Michael Fulmer, but it's it's turned out anything but. Um, and you know, understandable that maybe Fulmer doesn't go out there on consecutive days, but then with him sitting again on Monday and Lang getting that save opportunity, I think that's a pretty clear signal that the Tigers are going to mix it up in the ninth. So, uh, yeah, not much to do there either. We also saw Luis Garcia get his first save for St. Louis on Monday. Giovanni Gallego, how, Gallegos, excuse me, got saves on Saturday and Sunday, so likely just a case where Gallegos was getting a day off. Let's get to Monday's standout talent. It all starts with Shane Baz. Five innings pitch, gave up two hits, both of which were homers. Those also accounted for the two runs he allowed. Five strikeouts. This is a very tough spot against Toronto, and he looked good. Al, could start next Tuesday against Houston. How are you going to feel about him in that start if he makes it? 
Uh, if yeah, if that's how he lines up, and I, you know, I guess there may be some chance he could start this weekend. But I think with the days off and you know the Rays having lots of options, yeah, I think if we do see Boz again, it's probably going to be that series against the Astros. I'd feel all right about it. I mean, I was very much on the fence about this start, uh, this first one for him against the Blue Jays, as a lot of people were, and I think rightfully so. But I mean, this is a, a really, really impressive start. The Jays came out hacking. They swung at ninety percent of of his pitches in the zone. That is just a crazy, mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy ratio. Typical ratio is like about maybe two out of every three. Um, and he still got 15 whiffs out of 65 pitches. And that stat is impressive. 65 pitches in five innings. So a lot more efficient than Robbie Ray was in this game. I uh, just got to tip your hat to Shane Boz. And, and I think, you know, feel good about whatever start that he, he makes from here on out. Throwing him right into the fire too. Toronto and Houston; those two teams could uh, be quite important to the Blue or the Rays over the next month or so. Brady Singer going seven innings against Cleveland in Game One. That's right, a complete game. Two runs, six hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts in that complete game effort at Detroit. And then, and then versus Minnesota. His next two coming up. How are we feeling about Brady Singer here down the stretch, Al? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the fence in terms of the Tigers because I've I've come to fear the Tigers a little bit as a matchup by the way that they fit in the second half. And Singer's uh, really struggled with consistency now. I mean, it was very encouraging. This is his first start coming off of the COVID IL. So very good to see. But Cleveland, I think at this stage right now, a much, much more favorable matchup than the Tigers. So I'm probably looking at my options on Sunday. Uh, then assuming he makes that start next week, wrapping up his season against the Twins. Love that matchup. So I think unless he completely uh, you know, blows up against the Tigers over the weekend. Uh, he should be good to go for that final start in in fantasy. John Means went six and two thirds shutout innings in, against the Phillies on Monday. Four hits, one walk, and six Ks. Next start is slated for home against the Rangers on Saturday. Got to be feeling good about that one, Al. Oh, yeah. Love that one. At this point, whoever Means was going to be going up against, I think he'd be safe because he's looked very, very good of late. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's a must-start situation for sure. John Lester got his 200th career win this one for the Cardinals against the Brewers. A huge win for the Cardinals, who look like they're marching ever closer to a wild card berth this season. Two runs in six innings, gave up three hits, didn't walk anyone in two strikeouts. His next start's going to come on Saturday against the Cubs at Wrigley Field. Are you going to want to trot him out there in that one, Al? I think so. Uh, I mean, this was of the two-step this week. This was the one I was a little bit more worried about. And it's been really the same for Lester over his last several starts. Not really striking anybody out, uh, but just getting uh, a lot of uh, low ground low ground balls. And, uh, you know, that'll work. It worked in this start. And, uh, you know, he's got the final two. He lines up both against the Cubs. So, yeah, one on the road, as you mentioned, and then one uh, back in St. Louis. So, yeah, obviously, if you're going to start him for one, you can probably start him for the other. As of right now, I'm good with that. How about Tyler Anderson? He's got the same sort of situation where he's got a couple of starts coming up back-to-back against the same team, coming off a good start. This one against Oakland gave up one run in seven innings, four hits, one walk, and seven Ks. A couple of starts against the Angels looming for him. Are you going to want to trust him in those? Absolutely. Uh, no question about it. So if Tyler Anderson somehow is, and I shouldn't say somehow, I mean, he's he's widely available even with the two steps. So uh, he got through the first one this week, which looked like a pretty favorable matchup against the A's uh, in their home. Uh, then he gets probably what right now is the most favorable matchup in baseball, the Angels. Uh, home and away, and uh, you know, if, if you liked Anderson for this start, then there's no reason to uh, hesitate to start him for either of his final two starts. 
Framber Valdez making a good start as he gets ready to be part of a playoff rotation. Seven shutout innings, six hits, three walks, and six Ks against those Angels. How are we feeling about him for these last couple weeks of the fantasy season? Yeah, I mean, you know, Framber Valdez has been pretty much in must-start territory almost all season long when healthy, so uh, nothing really changes that. We don't really look at the matchup here. Obviously, he takes takes advantage of the favorable matchup against the Angels. But, uh, you know, just looking ahead to next year, I mean, those who this year were on the Fromber hype train, uh, hats off to you <laughs> because uh, pretty impressive season for him. A 70% plus ground ball rate, plus a decent strikeout rate. Not a great strikeout rate, but you know, who cares? The, 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 whole, <laughs> the whole package for Valdez has really been pretty impressive. The whole package absolutely rounds out into a very good starter. On the hitting side of things on Monday, we saw Jazz Chisholm and Joey Votto both with multi-homer games. And Joey Votto, Al, potentially uh, has an outside shot at a career high in homers. He's got 33 this season. His career high was set way back in 2010 when he had 37. So he could get to that with a nice little uh, homer binge over the last couple of weeks of the season. Moving on to Yoshi Susugo. He went two for four with a home run against the Reds. His eighth home run hitting 306, 394, 682 in 99 plate appearances with the Pirates. Seems like he's got some value to provide over these last two weeks he really does I mean the playing time is there so a couple weeks back that was really while others were kind of jumping on the Tsutsugo train I I stayed off because I wasn't sure about the playing time the playing time is there now uh the performance has been phenomenal so yeah if you have a chance to pick him up I think Tsutsugo has now made himself relevant in 12 team leagues Nolan Arenado hit his 33rd homer in the Cardinals win over the Brewers on Monday, and he'll be an interesting guy to rank in 22 now that we have a full season of non-cores as my home field under the belt for Nolan Arenado. Yeah, really is going to be interesting, and it is, it's kind of interesting to see how he's pieced this, this season together, uh, uh, putting up power numbers that are very similar to his power numbers his last few seasons with the Rockies, 33 home runs now with that, that homer uh, against the Brewers uh, on Monday, but he's pulling fly balls at a much higher rate than he ever has before, so that's that's how he's compensating for uh, the move out of Coors Field. The thing that I, I certainly underrated, and maybe others did too, was not the impact of the the power uh, on the power stats for Arenado moving to St. Louis, but on his batting average and uh, career-wise with the Rockies, even though he's not a guy who profiles as somebody who should really get a lot of hits on balls and play, had a very normal 299 uh career BABIP with the Rockies, a 322 BABIP at Coors Field this season 250, which maybe mm-hmm. is an overcorrection, but uh you know, I think what you, what you saw this year, what you've seen this year with the, the Cardinals, it's quite likely what you'll see, you know, something very similar next year. Yandy Diaz hit his 12th homer of the season on Monday, also hit a double his 20th, 15 for his last 54 with three homers, Al. He seems to be in that Susugo group where uh, if you're looking for some corner infield help, he might be able to provide it these last 10 days of the season. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how the playing time shapes up uh, against righties in the next few games uh, for Diaz because, you know, for most of the year, he's really played mostly against lefties, but he's he's on a nice hitting streak right now. So maybe that earns him a little extra playing time. Definitely something to watch really closely, closely the remainder of the week as we head into the final week. Austin Riley and Cattell Marte, both with three double days on Monday. Austin Riley, we know it's been a breakout season for him, hitting 301 with 29 homers. Cattell Marte, another injury pocked season, but 327, 12 homers, just one steal in 328 plate appearances. So maybe we change the way we think about him in 22. We know the injuries are always going to be a question. 
Maybe these, uh, the speed just isn't something that's part of his game anymore, but he can still hit for power. He can still hit for average. Still a very good offensive player when he is healthy. Let's move on to the Tuesday streamers here now, Al. We've got Antonio Senzatella against the Dodgers, Daniel Lynch against Cleveland, Drew Rasmussen gets the Blue Jays, Alec Mills gets the Twins, Jake Woodford gets the Brewers, and Josh Rogers gets the Marlins. Who gets your attention? Uh, you know, this is really a tough slate for me because uh, all things being equal, Senzatella, we, we talk about him every five days. Do, He's been so consistent in the second half. Uh, but, you know, at the Dodgers... That this would be a, a bit of a, a hail mary move for me. Um, I, I, you know, I don't feel super confident. I think it's more just kind of crossing your fingers and, and hoping it works out again for Sensatella. So I feel a little bit better actually about Lynch, uh, Daniel Lynch at Cleveland, mostly just because of the matchup. Uh, Lynch has not been terribly consistent, but I think out of this group, probably Lynch. And I'll, I'll admit, our uh, friend and colleague, Derek Van Riper, he has opened my eyes to Jake Woodford. So even though at Milwaukee worries me a little bit, I think after Lynch, Woodford's probably uh, the safest pick here. Rasmussen's been pretty consistent, but the Blue Jays, <laughs> you know the story there. Mm-hmm. And I just can't quite get on board with Mills and Rogers, uh, even though they both have really great matchups. All right, TVR, or excuse me, <laughs> Al, you just got TVR in the brain. All right, Al, uh, I'm actually going to double down on this Daniel Lynch play for our gambling spotlight here today. The uh, Royals are plus 120 on Bet MGM, and as you've said a couple of times in the show, Cleveland, not a bad matchup right now. Just feels a little much for them to be minus 145 favorites with Cal Quantrill on the mound with the way their offense is going. So I can get on board with Daniel Lynch and the Royals at plus 120. And then I look down a couple of spots, and I also like the fact that as great as the Rays are, as consistent as Drew Rasmussen has been, Alec Manoa on the mound coming off the last start he had with the Blue Jays offense behind him getting even money plus 100. That also feels like a strong pot odds play to me. So give me the Blue Jays at plus 100 and the Royals at plus 120 for today's gambling spotlight. And that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Al and I will be right back here with you on Wednesday. Until then, enjoy the baseball coming your way on Tuesday. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.